Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're we're glad to be here today with you. This is just Antoine. We are with Let's Get Growing, man. We're on day 26. Yeah, we're on day 26, man. Praise the Lord. God is good and he's good all the time. We're excited that he has blessed us with another day and he's caused us to uh, <laughs> to realize brand new mercies today. So, you know, I was um, thinking about that, you know, um, about his brand new mercies. I don't know if you if you understand or you can relate that his mercies are a new every day, the Bible says. And his mercy is, when you think about God's mercy, what you should think about, this is what I think about. Let me tell you that, not what you should do, but this is what how I look at mercy. Mercy is you don't get the full penalty for all the crime or sin that you committed, right? You get a you get a pass in a sense. But you do you do get punished, but it's not to the extent that it can be carried out. And so, you know, I'm full of mistakes, right? I mess up all the time. And when I get a whole a brand new day full of mercies, that means that whatever I do, <laughs> you know, God, he may punish me, but because I'm his son, you know what? He's going to give me some leeway. Amen. We know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I'm reminded of the story of David when God told David, David wanted to do something great for God, right? Because he had looked around and he saw um, that he was living in a plush mansion and, and, and castle. And he was like, you know what, God, you're dwelling in a tent. I want to build you a house. And um, to make the story short, you know, God said that, you know, that's a good thing that you want to build me a house. He said, but this is what I'm going to do for you, David. He said, I, I'm never going to take my mercy away from you. And he also said that I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. He said that I should be a man on that throne of Israel, but he is your seed. And so um, he fulfilled that in Jesus, right? Because he was from the lineage of David. And we see that um, he's not, he didn't take his mercy away from David. And and so I always look at it, God may give you a whooping, but you know, he, you're still his child. <laughs> and so uh, we do, the Bible tells us that we have the sure mercies of David. And and so we're just in a blessed place. We're in a, a place where God has said yes to us. And, you know, all we say, if God said yes, who can say no? Pray, praise God. And so we're excited about day day uh, 26. Um, we're in uh, volume four and session six of um, men's fraternity and um we're going to uh, go ahead and get started and see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. Uh, we've been talking about man and his work and and making sure that we have that in this proper perspective and some downfalls and some tricks of the enemy um, that we fall into historically and how to get out of that and, and, and go to the next level. So 
let us go to um, to the lesson today. Praise God. Since last session, hopefully you've taken some time to process the work traps, and maybe you're beginning to see where you may be the most susceptible. Well, guys, today we're going to talk about work catalyzers. These catalyzers can play a very important role in helping you live out our blueprint for work. They offer some practical ways to begin living it out right now. These work catalyzers are game changers. So I just founded a uh, new business that I'm starting up. I am a professional soccer player here in San Jose. I make uh, handmade artworks. That's what I make and sell this on the street and make my living with this. So now I do because I was working for a big company that moved me out here and had a falling out with the management and they let me go. Oh, I love it. Ever since I was a kid, I knew soccer was what I what I wanted to wanted to do. And I've been fortunate enough to, to come here in San Jose and experience that. Because I am a traveler, I travel for everywhere and easy, it's an easy way to get money. So what I love right now is that I can take my vision, what I have want to do for this business that I'm creating, and get other people to buy in on it and fund it. Uh, the competition, um, you know, every day is like a new challenge, and I like challenges, so I like being competitive and, and you know, just proving to myself that I can do better and better each day. Uh, because I know, I know that I'm going to meet new people. I'm working in a touristic place with tourists all the time, and... And it's cool that every time they come with different ideas and ask me to do different things. So I, they try myself and I do it. I guess for me, money right now is not my main focus. I'll worry about that when, when you know, I don't have any money left. <laughs> I actually struggle with money. I, I love money. I worship money. Growing up, it's, it's, it was the love of my life in a way. Money could bring a lot of pain. You know, you see people who lose money and then they lose all their joy. To support the life. The, that's the main, main, the main reason. The money helped to this. And I have to really rely on other people that aren't doing this full time. So my biggest frustration is getting everyone to focus on the things that I need. Uh, in soccer, you'll, you'll deal with a lot of injuries, um, a lot of fake friendships. Uh, some customers also, that they don't value the hand, handmade between the, the big production or mass production from factories. Hey guys, welcome to our last session. We've covered a lot of ground in this volume. First and most importantly, we've given you a biblical blueprint of work, a gospel-centered vision of work. Then we laid out the 10 essentials that can help you live out that blueprint. Finally, in our last session, we gave you some work-related traps to be aware of and avoid. Any one of them can derail us. Now, what we want to do in this last session is provide you with some work catalyzers. 
We call them that because to catalyze means to accelerate, to expand, to inspire. And that's what we want to do in this session. We want to give you some key insights that can help you maximize your work experience. Just like the essentials that we presented in session four, we find the catalyzers grounded in scripture. And when they're applied to your work life, you'll find that they expand and build on the essentials, adding even more life and value and purpose in your work. They are rocket fuel that will energize you, help you come alive and maximize your impact as you live out God's blueprint for work. Here's the first catalyzer. Pursue self-awareness. Now, we touched on this a bit in session four, but we really want to encourage you to understand the significance of this and embrace it as a catalyzer in your work life. You see, as authentic men, we got to know who we are and who we're not. We need to be able to identify and understand both our strengths and our weaknesses. And here's why. We are more alive, more energized, and more influential in our work when we get to operate from our strengths. Gallup research and polls repeatedly confirm that people are more engaged, more productive, and more profitable when they work from their strengths. Unfortunately, Gallup's research also shows that only about one-third of workers get to utilize their main strengths every day in their job. Part of the problem is that many of us don't really know what our strengths are. That might surprise you, but it's true. It's one of the most important catalysts to help us come alive in our work but it's one most men spend very little time pursuing. Leadership guru Peter Drucker once said this, most people think they know what they're good at. They're usually wrong. Do you know what your strengths are? Have you made an investment in or done the work of self-discovery? Do you have the language and categories to clearly articulate your giftings and talent, not only to yourself, but also to others like employers and teammates? You see, God has designed and gifted each of us in unique ways. The Bible makes it clear in 1 Peter 4 that each of us have received unique gifts and that we're to use that unique gifting to serve one another as stewards of God's grace. Guys, our talents and strengths are gifts from God. He calls us to discover those strengths, cultivate them, and apply them in our work. And there are some very encouraging and proven methods that will help you grow in this area. Let me give you two of them. First, invest in some personality and assessment inventories. There are a number of these inventories out on the market today. Thousands of hours by some of the best minds in the world have gone into creating them. And many of them are very affordable. There's no good reason why every man shouldn't invest in some of these inventories in pursuit of better self-awareness. They can help you better understand you. They can give you a new language and insightful categories that will help you understand your strengths and weaknesses so much more clearly. Here's another way you can know yourself and discover your strengths. Find wise, objective counselors or coaches who can give you honest feedback. Proverbs 11:14 says that in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Guys, let me tell you, priceless is the counselor friend, or mentor who will sit down with you and tell you the truth about what they see in you, both the good and the bad. Someone who will shoot you straight, who will be honest with you about your strengths and weaknesses. Someone who knows you well and wants nothing more than to see you thrive and come alive. Here's a final thing to remember about strengths. 
A strength is not just something you're good at. It's also something that leaves you energized and feeling strong. You may be good at many things, like accounting or administration or public speaking or whatever. But if those activities don't leave you feeling stronger and more alive, if they're draining and weakening, then they're not true strengths. A true strength is something you're not only good at, it also leaves you feeling invigorated, fulfilled, and useful most of the time. Both you and others enjoy the process and the product when you are working from your strengths. Too many men spend a lifetime pursuing occupational dead ends, trying to be someone they're not because of the prestige or money associated with a certain job, because it's what their dad always wanted for them. Too many men spend far too many of their work hours not working from their strengths. And the research says that if you're not working from your strengths, you are six times less likely to be engaged in your job. And that's not what God calls us to. He calls us to work heartily as if we're working for Him and for His glory with the talents that He's given us. Now, let's make it clear, there may be some seasons in which you, out of purely accepting your responsibilities, that you just need to get a job so that you can pay the bills. But as you are able, you should make strategic adjustments to find a job and a vocation that is a tighter fit with who God has made you to be. Because the more you can work from your strengths, the more you can enjoy your work and come alive in your work and be a life-giving spirit to those around you. The second catalyzer we want to talk about may seem obvious to some, but for most of us, we need to hear this and be reminded of it often. You need to play offense for the entirety of your work life. Playing offense goes back to our manhood definition, which applies to everything we do as authentic men. Reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, invest eternally. In our work lives, we need to reject the passivity of mindlessly staying stuck in our work. That could mean stuck in a certain job or on a certain career path simply because nothing better has come along or fallen into our lap. Now, you may have been right where God wants you the past 20 years, and if so, that's awesome. But too many men just settle and remain stuck in a job that's not personal and purposeful for them where they're not using their gifting to create and cultivate and bring life to others. Too many settle for underperforming or being underchallenged or accepting a bad job culture. Yet rather than taking it to God in prayer and hustling and busting it to find a better situation, they stay stuck in grumbling, complaining, and pouting. They're passive, and that becomes paralyzing. It is important that you step into the driver's seat of your work life and look for and possibly go after opportunities that are a better fit for you as the years go by. For some of you, that might mean looking for opportunities where you can grow and make even more money or find a better job fit. Others of you may need to play offense by looking for a job that pays less money but provides you with a better work-life balance. Either way, don't settle for an I'm stuck mentality. Proverbs 16.9 says that as we plan our ways, the Lord directs our steps. Play offense. If you want or need a different job that pays more or is a better fit, begin praying about it. Make plans and efforts to move toward it, trusting that God will direct your steps all along the way. Play offense. Our third catalyzer is a great reminder for all men 
but it's more specifically for younger men who are building their foundation and shaping their work habits and philosophies. Here it is. Establish a track record of faithfulness. Faithfulness is at the heart of everything Jesus teaches and does. It's the cornerstone of the gospel. Jesus giving it all for us as he fulfilled his work on earth. Remember Colossians 3.23. We've referred to it before where God tells us to work heartily, like we're doing all of our work for Him. That's a call to faithfulness in our work. Jesus shared a great parable that is all about being faithful in our work with the talent that God has given us, teaching us that the man who is faithful to use and multiply his God-given talent is entrusted with more, more opportunity to influence more people. It's really common sense to know that a faithful worker whether a boss or a member of the rank and file, is a better and more valued worker, a more influential worker, and is certainly better positioned to be a life-giving presence than the one who's not established a clear record of faithfulness. More important than exactly what you do, or even how much money you make, you want to establish a track record that shows a faithfulness in your work, a willingness to follow the authority that's over you, and the ability to work well on a team. If you will simply jump wholeheartedly into your work and show that you can add value, be relied upon, be dependable, and bring it every day and every week, that track record can open up opportunities and possibilities that you might not even be able to imagine now. So many men tragically flounder their workers away by being lazy and not really working faithfully. If this is you, You don't have to remain stuck there. One of the things the gospel does is inspire and motivate us to be faithful in all that God has called us to do, including our work. As you embrace the spirit of faithfulness, you can almost be assured that it'll catalyze opportunities for growth and breathe life into your workplace for God's glory. Here's our fourth catalyzer. Find the right work teammates. One of the most important factors in coming fully alive in your work is the people you work with, the people you work for, and the people you work around day in and day out. The importance of good teammates is not just a smart business principle, it's also a biblical principle. If you look at almost every leader in the Bible who God worked through to do great things and had major influence, you'll see that they had a great team around them. Jesus modeled this by being part of a great team with his disciples. He chose a diverse group of talented and faithful men to partner with in carrying out his work on earth. He pursued men who desired unity as a team and who were sold out to the mission. Paul did the same thing as he planted churches in different cities. He would partner with a teammate to carry out the mission, or he would send others out as a team to begin new works together. Always a team with a common vision and commitment to each other and the vision. Even King David surrounded himself with a valued and trusted team of men that he called his mighty men. He knew the team around him was as important as anything else in carrying out his mission as king. The same is true for us today. So much of our work experience is going to be shaped by the people we're around every day. Our team, whether we're the boss or at the bottom rung of the ladder, the team we're on should always be a major consideration as we strive to live out our blueprint of work. So as much as you can control it, don't settle for a team that pulls you down. As much as it is possible for you, fight to have the best possible team of people around you. 
For example, if you're an employer, don't settle for people who are consistently underperforming. Either do what you can to help an employee develop and bring their performance up to speed or help them transition to another job that's a better fit for them. Don't let one bad employee pull everyone else down. Either call them up or invite them to find their happiness somewhere else. And if you're an employee, one of the best things you can do is position yourself under a great boss, someone who's interested in your development, who knows their strengths and weaknesses, and who's not threatened by you. No one can impact your work experience more directly than your immediate boss. So do what you can do to be on a team that sets you up to be your best and to live out the work vision God has for you. Our fifth catalyzer is not just for employers and those who oversee others. It's something everyone can do. Establish a culture of encouragement in your workplace. The Bible places a premium on a culture of encouragement. It's why Paul tells the Thessalonians to encourage one another and build one another up or why he tells the Philippians to look not only to their own interests, but also to the interests of others, or why he tells the Romans to be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness in honoring one another. Unfortunately, there is a massive encouragement deficit in most work environments. Many companies simply do not celebrate their employees' accomplishments or do not actively encourage coworkers to motivate and spur one another on. From just a business perspective, one of the best things you can do is create an encouraging work culture, an environment where employees are energized and motivated, where they feel appreciated and supported. An environment like that will yield motivated, productive employees. It will lower employee turnover and probably increase profits. If you're the boss or foreman, then you are one of the main culture creators. But even if you're not, you can be an influence in creating a culture of encouragement. Part of the way you can live out our blueprint and be a life-giving presence to others is to create and cultivate a work environment that's life-giving to your employees or your coworkers. Is your company a place that inspires great, sustainable work? Do you keep your team motivated and encouraged? Do your employees or coworkers feel cared for and valued? Are you inspiring those around you to be life givers by being one yourself? There are many tangible ways to create this type of environment, but it all starts with the person who embraces Paul's call for us to build each other up. This catalyzer can truly be a game changer in living out our work vision for work. A sixth catalyzer is this. Use your work-related talents to bless your community. Remember, Jesus said that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And no matter whether you're a policeman, a CEO, or a bus driver, you can use your talents to bless your city or community. That may mean doing pro bono work for those in need, or volunteering to serve a local nonprofit, or creating an ex-offender program at your company, or joining the existing outreach efforts at your church or company, or maybe even starting your own nonprofit. Lay your skill set over the deepest needs of the city and figure out how you can help it and others flourish. Like Jesus tells us, you'll find that giving away your skills and time will be satisfying and fulfilling and a blessing to you and a blessing to others and will give even more meaning to the skills that you've developed in your work. And like we've been saying throughout this entire volume, God intended your work to be a means to give life to others. And this can include not only your immediate family, 
but also the broader world around you, like your city or neighborhood or community. It's why Proverbs 11, 10 and 11 says this, When the righteous do well, the city rejoices. A city is exalted by the blessing provided from the upright. It's why God told the Israelites living in exile in the city of Babylon to seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you'll find your welfare. You see, the presence of authentic men in a workplace is a blessing to the city or community in which they live. Their services and initiatives bring about justice and peace for the underprivileged, the poor, and the oppressed. Authentic men see their work as a calling from God. And when they create and cultivate, it is life-giving to the people, the community, and the city around them. Just like with Jesus, things get better wherever they go. And this brings us back to the big takeaway. Guys, I just want to chime in real quick. Um, truly, this is a blessing. When we can realize, guys, when we can realize that we have a greater calling and a greater duty to the people that's around us, we have to be better. And that that has historically challenged me, um, you know, and what I do and how I do things. Because if you are truly concerned about your community, if you are truly concerned about people, you will be on you will put on your A game every day. And so um, I want us to be inspired to put on our A game every single day. If you don't realize I'm, I'm right now, I'm in the process of going after whatever God has placed on my heart. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, um. I, I'm not as devoted as I want to be, but I, I thank God that I'm making progress. And you know, we have to we have to put we have to put our money where our mouth is, right? We gotta we gotta put the uh, rubber where the road meets, and we gotta just go after what God has placed on our heart to go after, you know, and and do it heartily, and 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 be mission minded, and and. Um, look for the greater good for those that are around us and just, you know, be that catalyst like they're talking about um, that will inspire others to do something that's meaningful and, and, and in turn be a blessing unto you, your family and those that are attached to you. So let us uh, let's finish out this lesson. Praise God. Away from this volume, our biblical blueprint for work. You see, God has not been silent about a man and his work. He hasn't left us on our own to figure out this area of life that takes up so much of our time, thoughts, and energy. No, as we've shown you, He gives us direction and offered us a model in Himself and in His Son for how we should approach work. What is work? It's a vocation. God's personal and purposeful call on your life. What are we to do in our work? Like God did in the garden, we are to create and cultivate. Who are we to be at work? Like Jesus, we are to be a life-giving presence. Guys, this is our blueprint, and it is a powerful vision that can help bring life, energy, and focus to your work life. And over the past six sessions, we've taken you through a deliberate process to help you not only reflect on God's purposes and design for work, but we also provided you with principles and real-life examples for how you can live out this call in your life. 
If we were going to leave you with anything, it would be this advice. Play offense. Authentic men. Reject passivity. Accept responsibility. Lead courageously and invest eternally. Bring that offensive game plan to how you approach your work. Play offense by rejecting a passive, I'm stuck, work mindset. Play offense by accepting the responsibility to live out the work blueprint we've given you. Play offense by leading other men through a deliberate process to understand God's design for work. Play offense by seeing your work as a way to invest eternally and be a difference maker in the world. And finally, remember the Apostle Paul's closing words in one of his letters to the Corinthians. Beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I'm a worker. I'm an engineer, a fireman, a physician, a plumber, and a teacher. I'm a producer, a developer, a provider a creator, and a cultivator. I'm a worker. God made me in His own image, and God is a worker. Just as He invited Adam, the first man, to co-labor with Him in the garden, God has destined me for the same. I'm a worker, whether I'm designing, fixing, selling, digging, or teaching. I experience the joy of creating something for the benefit of others and the joy of cultivating what I've created. I'm a worker and God has given me a mission. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it all. I'm a worker. God has blessed me with unique talents and gifts so he can bless others through me. He's prepared a vocation for me, a personal story, one that fits his bigger story. I am a worker. God has given me a purpose, to till the ground, to sow the seed, to harvest the crops. He has set me apart to lead movements, to build, to write, to paint, to protect. I'm a worker, and God has called me to be his hands and feet, to care for the sick, to clean the dirty, to feed the hungry, and to fight for the helpless. I'm a worker. I entertain, I manage, I lead, I serve. I'm a worker. I do more than just earn a living. I do what I was born to do. I don't ask what job will earn me the most money or give me the most status. Instead, I ask how I can best use my skill set to bring life to others. I'm a worker. I am motivated by the grace and the hope and the truth I have in Jesus as my Savior, which frees me to embrace work the way God originally intended it, as a way to praise Him and bless others. I am a worker, made by God and in His image. I see my work through His eyes as both personal to me and purposeful in this world as an opportunity to create and cultivate for his glory and as a privilege to be a life-giving presence in this world i am a worker
This brings us to the end of our journey on a man and his work. We've addressed the tensions in our work, giving you a biblical blueprint that will guide you in living out a gospel-centered vision. We've given you examples of other men who embody the blueprint and some practical insights on living it out. By now, you should be well on your way to mastering the blueprint. Now, guys, at the end of this session in your training guide, there's a space and it's called Action Plan. Here's what you do with that. As you've been working through this volume and writing down your strategic moves, now you need to take all of those moves and synthesize them into an action plan. Share your plan with another friend or two. Get their perspective. We need this accountability. Hey, let's say you've gotten all the blanks filled in in your training guide. Your action plan will help you fill in the blanks of your life. Men, you have an incredible opportunity to take what you've learned here and multiply it. If you want to experience authentic manhood at the highest level possible, I mean, really enjoy it and have some fun with it, it involves not only living out the principles yourself, but also investing in the lives of other men. Every one of you is capable of buying 33 and taking another man or a group of men through it. In your office, in your house, over lunch, in your school, all you need is a laptop to experience the video downloads or a DVD player if you choose the DVD kit. There's nothing stopping any of you from taking the initiative to get this or any of our other volumes, gather a group of men, and watch their lives be transformed. We challenge each one of you to introduce other men to the powerful and life-changing truths of 33. We've got everything you need at AuthenticManhood.com. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Truly, truly a man at his work. We have to really um, take this challenge on as men and put value in what we do. And if what we're doing is not, we're not in the right place and we've been feeling it, we've been knowing it, but we yet just feel stuck in it. We have to get to that place where we trust God to deliver us, right? And and make our path straight for the place where he desires us to be. I am elated to realize where God has placed me, you know, and not to toot horns or anything like that, but just to realize that I'm on a path to help people, you know, and to bring about change, not only in my life and my family's lives, but the lives of those that I don't even know. Um, I, I'm I'm just excited about my prison ministry. I've been doing it for 20 something years. Um, I'm, I'm a volunteer chaplain assistant. So I, you know, I give daily, you know, COVID has to change stuff up a little bit and uh, I'm still able to go in from time to time, but not like it was, I was spending, <laughs> probably about 10 to 12 hours a week before COVID um, in, in, in the prisons um, and, and just helping out where I could teaching Bible studies and things of that nature, teaching classes. And, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm involved. I, I, I thank God for that. And, and it's because of him, it's because of his love. It's because um, of his commitment and his, um, 
that's it, commitment towards me. I, I, I just believe that God is committed for my success. And, and so I, I owe him, I owe the Lord to, to help his people, right? To get out there, to get involved, to roll up my sleeves. And, and man, my vision is so huge. And if you've been watching a little bit, you, you see that this guy is continually to do stuff, right? And, and I did a little short video on serial entrepreneur. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do some more. I'm going to do some more. I'm gonna, I'm going to be sharing. That's why we created just Antoine to really share and inspire and, 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 and get people going and moving in the right direction. Uh, but truly this is what it's all about, you know, giving, giving God the praise, the glory. And I, I can't, I can't separate uh, who I am for what I do, because it's going to come out, you know, the real you is always going to stand up. Right. And so I get on a live and I start talking about uh, security info source, uh, my um, security association. And I got to say, thank God or praise God or uh, hallelujah or something because it's in me. So what's in you is going to come out. And, and so I, I don't try to tame it. You know, I sometimes I, I do try to be wise about what I'm doing and what I'm saying. Um, and I'm saying, I'm not saying don't <laughs> right. Um, the whole book of Esther is written and God is not mentioned once in the book, but it's a, 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 a book that's filled with God and his love and his commitment to his people. And, and, and it's just very powerful and profound. So there are ways to do things where you don't offend others or when you do offend them, you, you, you pour a salve in their wounds. Right. Um, so let's get growing. Let's get growing. Let's, let's do this. You know, I, I see men, you know, um, faltering, fumbling through life and, and really don't want any help or, or don't know where to go for help. Some don't want help and some don't know where to go for help. And, and so one of the callings that God has placed on my life is to eliminate the excuse that nobody cares. OK, so I could have went through the series. I went through the series before um, it was a different series, but um, Quest for Authentic Manhood. Uh, but I knew that others needed this. I, I knew that others needed to hear this. And so that's why I dedicated, you know, not to come at six in the morning and, and share this. And whatever time you see this video, it's fine with me. Uh, I just want you to get it. <laughs> I want you to get it. I want you to get these volumes as well um, so that you can go through the workbook. Um, I'm going to do this again. So we got we got um, two more volumes to go through in, in this season and this session. I may take a little um, break before I start it over again. And and we're just going to keep on going as long as the Lord says, you know, I'm going to have visitors on and they're going to be sharing what God uh, has gifted them. But I just wanted to get started. I wanted to get started. I wanted to be that catalyst to to start something that 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 makes a difference. So if one man takes this um, 
sessions and all what what's been said and they change their lives is worth it all praise god because they're going to have an effect on their community they're going to have effect on their families they're going to have an effect on their city they're going to have an effect on their world and so that's what it's all about this is just antoine i'm excited just to be able to share this information with you i'll see you at the top bye for now